Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken. This is going to be quite a ride. That's a bad outfit. I love you. Me too, man. Hit me, hit me, my turn. Am I the meanest? Am I the prettiest? Show Am I the baddest mofo low down around this time? Show Well, who am I? Show The Shogun of Harlem. For what lies ahead, ready are you? We're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. Hey, Geeksters, I'm Kylan. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch One. Welcome back, Geeksters, to Geek Watch One, post Con on the Cob. And I'm still recovering, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Post, post. Yes. Yes. Still. At least, at least it was a short week, you had Monday off. That's yeah. true. That's the same thing here. But our, the problem is, at work, we had audit this week, with big old inspection from UL and stuff. Oh, and lovely. Yeah. So everybody awesome. had to do everything. I mean, we didn't really change the way we do things, but we had to like dress a little bit better than normal. And <laughs> Ken wasn't a Oh no, you had to dress. <laughs> I'm working in an adhesive factory. I usually don't worry about what I look like because the clothes that I wear there don't go anywhere else. Right. right. He, were, he was. Mm-hmm. He usually wears shorts, and he was recommended not to. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to wear shorts this week. Aww. that's weird. Poor grown man, not allowed to wear shorts. I know. To work. I know. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, I got one. We talk about work. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> they're looking at putting me into another department, taking on more. Yeah, they're giving her more work to do. Oh, there you go. So, but what's going on this week? We had a movie premiere. You guys didn't get a chance to see. Well, we can give you guys a little bit of a rundown of that later here in the show. Plus, it was guys, bad weather the night of the movie premiere. Yeah. <laughs> it was not the greatest time to go down. Well, the Chinese cat was awesome. That's all I can say. Yes, that was uh, the, the beasts that were in it were, were fun. But, cat dragon. Um, what did you guys do this week, other than recover from Colin the Cobb? Probably it, isn't it? <laughs> what else did we do? I finished, uh, at least I finished the main mission on Spider-Man. Okay. There you go. He got, and he got to the end credit scene, because yes, even in a Marvel game, there's end credit scenes. Good. And uh, the the very end of Spider-Man is very sad, and it's spoilery, and we won't yes, give it I've away. Yes, I heard about that. I did hear about that. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you have to sit through, or I guess you could fast forward all the credits of the game, and there is something at the very, very, yeah. very, very end. There, there, there's a mid-credit and an end credit, yeah. just like in the, in the movies. So, so they've done that, but yeah, you finished that. Yeah. And I, for some reason, came up with the idea of doing a, um, <clears throat> a new temporary podcast. Okay. And I've already got one episode out. What is this? It's called Hallmark Christmas Hell. And uh, for some reason, I'm watching the Hallmark Countdown to Christmas movies and giving my opinions on them in about a 10-minute shot. So, <laughs> I hate, I'll put it this way. I hate Hallmark. I've never purposely watched anything on the Hallmark channel. And I hate feel-good Christmas movies, and I hate romances. So that'll tell you right there how this is going. <laughs> so I yeah. watched, I've suffered through one already, and I was like, oh my god, people watch these because they really want to. <laughs> So yeah, there you go. Hallmark Christmas Hell. I've got it on SoundCloud. So there you go. <laughs> so check that out, Geeksters. We put a link on the Facebook and stuff so everybody knows sure, where it's at. Sure, sure. Listen to Miss Dawn. Well, there's supposed to be like a brand new TV show that our TV station that's going to have nothing but that stuff. Well, there is a Hallmark channel. That's, what I said. that's the Hallmark well, no, it's channel. 24... No, it's, it's strictly just 
the Christmas stuff year round. Oh yeah, that's that's not surprising. But actually, the, yeah. because of the amount of Christmas movies that the Hallmark and Lifetime and all these ones put out every year, you could probably do that three twenty four hours a day, three sixty five, and still not play every Christmas. Well, there movie. are the ones on the list for the new ones for the Hallmark Channel. Twenty two new movies. They started on October twenty seventh. They're only showing oh, them yeah. on the weekends. Like. Not even Halloween, and they started with the Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. That's and then that's in addition to all the ones they're showing that they've had from past years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because you can film them in, like, two to four weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monday. Yeah. Hallmark Channel. And they're Hallmark super cheap because they're, they're almost nobody actors or actors that were on 90s sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no special effects or anything. Nope. Nope. No. No, the magic of Santa and Christmas lights that's the effects pretty much and that's the reason why I got to have like two hours of uh, non-stop explosions I think to get that out of your head yeah so, yeah we watched it was kind of good I, we caught up on Lethal Weapon and yes stuff. we did yes we did <laughs> cool so yeah and the universe loves me because the third doctor has been all up in my uh, Pinterest feed and he and I have I have a Doctor Who page okay but it's been Third Doctor. It's like Third Doctor Sunday. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, his bow tie and uh, cape game is strong. Uh-huh. Isn't that the one that did the, like, um, Kung Fu or something? He had, like, his martial Vinyu arts or something? Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He was kind of like the James Bond doctor. Yeah, He was the action doctor, yeah. Yes. Cool. One of the favorites. Well, what did we do this week other than going to see the movie? Survived. Yeah, survived. <laughs> we, went, we actually um, did get... We did a movie premiere and then I had a show. Yeah. We had a Sasquatch, um, or I got the Sasquatch suit from Seth Breedlove from Small Town Monsters, so we can modify that and get it working right. I'll have to get some, we'll get some pictures to you guys when I have it done and we have it actually, because it, it needed a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to be mm-hmm. doing something with that. Of course. So there's your You're teaser. not going to invest in a suit like that and not do something yeah. like that. Yeah. No. Yeah, we're going to have Ken Stalker around people's backyards carrying a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go well with all the gun owners. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go to the parks and like photobomb people. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you do it just right so they don't know it's there, then they find out later that it's in the background. As long as you're prepared. That's even better. As, as long as you're prepared to be punched if you come up too close. No, no, no. You stay like 20, 30 feet back so it's blurry. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Of course, blurry. You got to be a blob squatch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's going to be fun. But um, we did go watch Fantastic Beasts 2, mm-hmm. which Good. I enjoyed it. I mean, that's... It, not, like I said before, a lot of these movies, for me, if the story's fun, I have a good time with it. Right. I don't, I'm not looking for something to change the world. I, I'll watch some other movies for that, which I don't like those type of movies, usually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby nifflers, that's all we yeah, needed. Yeah, there's baby nifflers, the little um, sticky fingers, um, platypus-looking things. Um, there was this giant Chinese cat dragon-looking thing. I forget oh, what he called it. She was a kid. That was phenomenal. I think I saw that in one of the previews. Yeah. And a really and, cool, long, like, floating yeah. tail. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. But um, this one, the first one kind of leaves off on a feel-good, like, hey, everything's mm-hmm. cool and everything's bad. This one definitely leaves off and we're going to another movie. <laughs> ah, okay. This was uh, your, your traditional second movie down ending. Okay. Setting up that we're going uh, Nothing but big. questions. Um, right. I was imp- actually impressed that Johnny Depp in this did not act like Jack Sparrow. Right. Because everything else I've seen him recently, it's like, mm-hmm. you can see Jack Sparrow in that character somewhere. Right. He's actually got away from that finally. Well, maybe because he's no longer Jack Sparrow. I know. He's not, well, in, he's not in the movies anymore. True. Probably. <laughs> so, and he's likely being replaced. Yeah. That would be weird. The, well, they're, they're looking at kind of doing a semi-reboot and making it a female captain. Okay. And I honestly hope it's the red-headed pirate. You know the one they do in the ride? The yes. Yeah. I, I honestly hope yeah. that's her. <laughs> what they need to do because of... I almost wouldn't mind them doing Mary Reed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Well, the way the Pirates of the Caribbean works, that's a large area. They could do it without rebooting it. Just start off with a new pirate. Yeah. 
There's a lot of pirates in the Caribbean. Yes. And <laughs> you can even have mentions that other stuff has happened. Yes. So you don't work in Barbados in that area. You move on to another set of exactly. islands. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't have to actually reboot it and let's start the series over again. No, just add to the series. <laughs> so... But, um, no, we had a good time with it. Go out, check it out. Um, or, or better yet, only just bring Kenway, or is it Kenway? Oh, from Assassin's Creed? Just bring him to life. There you go. That is her there favorite is. Assassin's Creed game, make, is the make Black Flag. Make an Assassin's Creed movie with we'll just get Make an actual Assassin's Creed movie, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an actual one, not the one that they, yeah. Well, that, and we can have Matt Ryan do it. <clears throat> yeah. But, um... Mm. Well, he's busy. <laughs> yeah, he is. Little bit. He's, he's back as Constantine. Actually, I, I'm very happy. To Have you been right. watching Legends? On yes, okay. we've been staying up with Legends, and I first of all, I love Constantine anyway. But they didn't change the character. They much. have not. I mean, they tweaked well, no, because he's, he's still all the same universe character yeah. and everything. And the thing I like, especially in the last episode, they had a lot of mentions for stuff that happened during the Constantine yes. series. That's the biggest prevailing theory I've heard of what's coming for him is actually the villain from the series. Oh, yeah. That's, to, fi- yeah. to finally wrap that up. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people um, saying that's not a good idea at all because all these people that are watching Legends that have never watched Constantine won't know that. But the way it, the Legends works, they'll introduce you and you'll know yeah, who this it is by the matter. end anyway. That's, that's why they've made these little comments yeah. about his past. They're, added, so they're building it already. And then plus, it, it kind of also brings in, um, what is it, City of Demons, because there's yeah. stuff that happened in there. I need to get that, because I've only seen the first half yeah, that was on CWC. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're, they're kind of connected. So, yeah, I like the way they're treating the character, oh, for Oh, I sure. just love him and Mick fighting back and forth. Oh, yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Just, it's once again going to the fact that Legends is an amazing show. Okay, and the other thing is, though, on the, the, the camp episode... They got him to wear the camp counselor gear. He was so oh, that was mad. This week, wasn't it? Yeah. That we've not caught he that one. He was so but. mad he wasn't allowed to wear his tie. And he yes. did not last in that camp counselor gear for long because he needed that tie and that coat back. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny that like he has to have his tie. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the one thing I did notice, if you watch all the CW shows, I think it was not this past week, the week before, Bebo was in every show somewhere. Yep. One of them that gave a doll, another one had like a little stuffed Bebo nearby here. See, that's proof that there is a stuffed Bebo in existence. Yes. And they have to get them in the tours. Well, well, that's like I saw um, Star Wars for Christmas this year is putting out their talking Chewbacca thing. Chewbacca again. That's basically a Furby Chewbacca. Yeah. Warner Brothers could do the same thing and make an actual Bebo that we saw originally on the show. I don't need a talking Bebo. I just want the stuffed one. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I want the pop vinyl, the larger pop vinyl. Like the size, the size they did for Baymax and Ludo and stuff like that. And a flock version because that would yes. be appropriate for Bebo, yeah. So come on, Warner Brothers. You, you would be printing money. <laughs> come on. Like, how do they not know it's going to be a hit? Like, yeah, really? true. Well, come what on. it is is it's not Warner Brothers. It's whoever is doing the um, the actual toys and stuff the buying rights. the license yeah, for Yeah, the licenses for the toys. And I know Funko's got those Warner Brothers and DC licenses. They, well, they the thing do is, it. though, Funko definitely releases things in weird orders. Like, they're, sometimes they'll get things out right before, say, a movie hits or something. Mm-hmm. But other times, it's months beyond that. Mm-hmm. Or even years before they finally come out with it, the characters. I think some of that is development. Yeah. But every once in a while, because we know this, there's characters that pop and they're like, wait a minute, that, that caught on? Yeah. And then you still have to take the time to develop it and build it, build the molds yeah, and do prototyping sometimes and everything else. Yeah, um, I think they that's said just like from, Star Wars made characters yeah. that weren't even in the movies because they yeah, can't get right. Back that's cut. the problem with it. Yeah, well, that's I think it was Hasbro said, um, and everybody knows the size of Hasbro and how fast they put yeah. stuff out. It takes six to eight months to go from idea to even um, finished prototype. Yeah, right. that's not even getting the production done. On. Yeah, right. So that's why a lot of times that's why there's so many figures swinging on the pegs a lot of times because they. 
picked wrong when they were choosing. Yeah, they didn't and, know they didn't know what was going to happen. And what wasn't. Uh, that's just it. Like the, the the movie companies and production companies themselves are like, okay, this one will probably be a hit, but they can't pass it on to the licensee until yeah, they no. know for sure once it's out. And so. usually, the licensee like a, like a Hasbro or a Mattel get production stills of all the different characters, and they choose which ones they want to yeah. do. Right. Okay, these are your main characters, so we're going to have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, that's like that's why that's like. Um, Guardians Two, mm-hmm. that whole line. James Gunn himself said that whole line about Mary Poppins. He had no. He thought no. that would just go right by people. They, no. He put it in there thinking that they it would either be get a quick laugh, or he would, or people would think it was kind of dumb. And it was, the, I think, the biggest line of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it was. Yes. <laughs> so. It was. Oh. And then it's like, oh, I, I shouldn't. Maybe you should not have killed that character. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, they, no, had, no, they, had, they still had to kill the character. Yeah. 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 It, it, that it was made necessary. The, yeah, it, it it kind of made it stick even more for it for him to die. Yeah, you know? and plus we uh, we got where was it that we saw that woman do a Yondu Mary Poppins? Probably a lot Dragon of people Con. have done that. <laughs> There's been a lot of people that have done Yondu yeah, Poppins. But I'm trying to remember what's that. I'm always that. No, that was that Dragon, was Dragon. Dragon. Oh no, yeah. wait, someone did do one for one of our shows. Yeah, right. yeah. What there was an Oddmall that did a Mary, Yondu Mary Poppins. Toledo. Was it Toledo? It was Toledo. Okay. Because she, they, her and her boyfriend or whatever, did one costume one day and came back and did another. Okay. Cool. So, um, well, speaking of Oddmall real quick, we do have Oddmall coming up in December. Uh, is it the second weekend? Yes. It is the second weekend, because December 1st falls on a Friday. Yeah. So, Amy, what's the date? Saturday. 8th and 9th. See? I knew she would know it. December 8th and 9th down in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, don't, don't believe the one posting on Facebook that says 9th and 10th and has said that since the beginning, even though Andy's been told the, t- the dates are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one that says Odd Mall. There's there's another one that says Odd Mall official that has the right dates that he created months ago, and then for some reason created a second one just recently. So it's the weekend, okay? That's all you need to know. Yeah. It's a Saturday and Sunday. Second weekend is. in December. Um, and then, but before that, we do have next weekend or this weekend coming up. I call myself this time. <laughs> we have the Meeple Cast we do. coming up, and this will be your. Um, Post Turkey Day sleepy times meeple cast. Yeah, we'll try to be awake for it. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's it's a good excuse to come by the meeple because it is a small business. Yes. And everyone knows that the Saturday after Black Friday is Small Business Saturday, and you should be supporting small businesses mm-hmm. like the meeple or like Odd Mall Outpost where we are right now. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. Crystal's going to be at one. one yeah, our friend Crystal will be at some of our spaces. Yes. Vicky will be at the Northside Marketplace in Akron if you want to go check out. Make, some of make her sure you stuff. check all your local listings yeah. wherever you happen to be. There is Look all. For all the small businesses, all the art fairs, every because there's a lot of them on the on the twenty fourth yep. on the Saturday. Oh, you check your local comic shop. I know our local yeah, our, comic shop. Yeah, gonna have yeah. Sale, and they're gonna have sales on and all kinds My, of stuff. I got the I got the postcards yesterday for the sales. Mm-hmm. So skip skip Black Friday because you shouldn't be out there anyways with all those horrible people and, that want to fight you for things. Yeah, and, no. and Black Friday, <laughs> you can get it all online anyway. Exactly, all the things are online. Chilling in your bed and on the computer. We got ads for things, and they said their Black Friday sale starts online on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, we're yeah. going online on Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, so yeah. check all that out. Um, I have no idea what we're talking about next week. We'll figure it out at some point. No, we'll ha- I will have yeah, an event we'll next week, baby. So come out and hang out with the meeple, though. We want to see a bunch of people way, there. But loose in any which way you can. We're going to talk about Clint Eastwood movies? Yeah. Oh, okay. But those two. <laughs> no, no, just, just those two. Just and, the <laughs> and then we have to add BJ and the Bear. There you go. Because it yeah. kind of almost spins off from that. Does anybody even have that streaming? 
I don't know, but no. I used to love what that was the, show. What was the Sheriff one they packaged with that? Sheriff Lobo. Was that it? Yeah. Because I know they packaged it as like a one hour or two hour block. I loved BJ and the Bear because I liked Greg Evigan when I was a kid. I don't yeah. know why, but I really did. I even liked him after that um, for some of the, what was it, My Two Dads or something? My Two Dads. Kid? That was his other show. Yeah, yeah, I only watched it because of him. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I turned it on originally. <laughs> the, on some days I'm off, there's one, there's some station that every now and then they'll play an episode of I've, My Two Dads. I've recently seen an episode of My yeah. Two Dads. And Horrible. And I, I it's horrible. It is. There's oh, it nothing. is. It's, it's all, of, all of the eighties sitcoms really are horrible. Not all of them. Yes, all of them. <laughs> no, I, I mean, um, Family well, Ties was good. Well, come on, the, the twenty eighteen sitcoms are horrible. So yeah. the, 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 the ten of us was much. good. Okay, honey. Yeah, you can't even <laughs> say it with a straight face. Like I said, I like stuff like Family Ties. I mean, that was a sitcom. Um, the uh, the Ferris Bueller. Um... Oh God, that was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. I forgot they even did that. And what was the one that was the knockoff Ferris Bueller? Oh, Par- Parker Lewis can't lose. Parker Lewis can't yeah, lose. I love yes. Parker Lewis can't lose. For some reason, I watched that. Yeah, how the sound of it. you're like what? Okay, See, remember these. A things? lot of times, a lot of times, because you got to remember, because cable wasn't that big back then. A lot of times. Uh, we a lot of us watched sitcoms back in the day because that's what played between like after cartoons on in the afternoon until prime time. Yeah, all the all your broadcast channels syndicated played sitcoms the rest of the time. That's true. So there's a that bunch of sitcoms you end up watching that you would not have watched normally. Yeah, because there's nothing else on TV. Yeah, that's there's very the Secret true. Life of Beans Baxter. Oh my god, do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're gonna have a whole show about obscure '80s sitcoms. But see, no one yeah, but really see, the we could do a whole series. The thing of shows was, I watched that because it, it was because uh, uh, Twenty One Jump Street uh, led into it. Oh, there you go. So you know, there you go. Yeah, and so, I want I wanted to like Beans Baxter, but Teenage Spies just no. <laughs> so you're not into Agent Cody Banks? <laughs> okay, okay. Teenage Spies. <laughs> now see the series that that Agent Cody Banks was based on. Was uh, Alex Ryder, and that series was actually really good because they did, they, it was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was like a teenager, and we've talked about it and people tried yeah. to kill him. Yeah, Cody Banks. I, anyway, I actually have no. <laughs> I have the Alex Ryder movie. It was Alex Ryder Stormbringer mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, okay. we've not even taken it out of the cellophane yet. It was like a dollar somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> and I and the well for me, we're film people. That we actually they had the script sitting right beside it too. Ah, so for okay. two bucks, I got both. I'm like, okay, why not? <laughs> The, the, the movie was okay. I liked the book better. Yeah. You know, but. Well, that's the one that I think we mentioned it on the news a while ago. They're rebooting it either as a series or a yeah. movie yeah. or something. I remember that vaguely. So, that yeah, that'll come at some point. We'll talk so, about what it else again. do we have before we get into a little bit of news? Because we've had a couple of weeks now that we've not hit news heavy, so. That's true. We have news heavy week this week. Um, I don't have anything else until news. Okay. <laughs> really? Um, we, and don't worry, Geeksters, we will be getting into our Stanley memories and stuff. Yes. Uh, we. Uh, anybody who happens to not know, we did mo- this past Monday. We lost Stanley, which it wasn't a surprise because he's been for a while sick off and on. It was a surprise of when it was yeah. going to happen, mm-hmm. not that it was going to happen sometime relatively soon. Mm-hmm. And I do want to give a shout out to our buddy Seth over at um, Geekville Radio because he had Kylan and myself and Vernon on uh, to record our first reactions to it earlier this week. Yes. So you can hear that over on the Geekville radio feed, but you can hear the rest of us talking about it here a little later on today. Yes. Um, and that's actually where I was kind of kicking off with the oh, news. Oh, you're going to start there? Um, no, not not our full talk on it, okay. but just the fact that there were multiple geek deaths over the past week. Um, the first of which was Stanley, age 95. 
Um, another one of the deaths over the past week or so was Canadian actor Douglas Rain, age of 90, who is best known as the voice of Hal in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, wow. He, mm -hmm. he was the voice of that horribly evil computer. Uh, and the other one we lost just the other day was William Goldman, age 87. Uh, it's a name that many people might not recognize, but you definitely know his book and screenplay of The Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, he also was an Oscar winner multiple times, and one of the things he won um, an Oscar for was writing the screenplay for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, cool. That you may not have known Oh, that. I did see that, but I didn't realize he had... I did, he was the Princess Bride writer, yeah, yeah. yes. Now and, that you said it, I remember it. And he also apparently wrote the screenplay for Stephen King's Misery. Cool. Which was pretty much just about the best Stephen King book on film, mm -hmm. I would say. Like, okay. it's, it's actually a good one compared to so many of the others. I think Firewalker's <laughs> the only one I've actually seen all the way through. Um, I know it wasn't worth the book. Yeah. I know it wasn't worthy of the book. Yeah. But. The, some of those early ones are just like, ugh. I do want to see, I've seen parts of Maximum Overdrive. I want to see that one. Maximum Overdrive is so unbelievably cheesy, but it's so great. <laughs> and that's great. Well, what's great so is we have, um, we saw the Green Goblin a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, at the, yes. At the Cleveland Comic Con, they actually had the Green Goblin from the front of the truck. It was awesome. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to start out by mentioning that we did lose some, some kind of legendary geeks over the past week. Um, now, getting on to happier news, one of the things that came out recently that is only tangentially geek-related, but we have to talk about it because the first one was such an awesome movie. They're doing a Hitman's Bodyguard sequel. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson are back, as is Selma Hayek, and it actually focuses on him having to guard her. <laughs> so it may be called the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. See, this was... Th that was... Uh, it's surprised by how great it really... Because that one could have went really bad really fast. It was... I mean, it was a good... But action movie to begin with, yeah, but just yeah. putting Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson in a movie together was brilliant. Yeah. Yes. It's just so wrong and so funny and... Ryan I, Reynolds just keeps hitting because we didn't see the trailer for P Detective Pikachu. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it, it looks good. Funny. Detective Pikachu, Pikachu with the voice of Deadpool. That's all that matters. I know. That's all that matters. That's um, all I can vision when I but, see the trailer of that. But yeah, like... It, Hitman's Bodyguard, quite honestly, I still say it has one of the best action sequences of the past probably decade with the motorcycle slash car chase through the streets of Amsterdam. Yes. I love that chase scene. Um, but yeah, so basically it, the, the whole sequel is featuring um, Jackson's wife, Selma, Selma Hayek, um, joining him on a mission to the Amalfi Coast. So he's somehow gotten out, but Ryan's bodyguard has to protect her. Um, to get on this mission. And interestingly, the original movie actually made $76 million in the U.S. and more than $170 million worldwide. And that's good. And production on the sequel is going to start in March. Cool. So For a Netflix film, that's really good. It, it'll mm -hmm. be... If it begins in March, it's possible by the end of next year, but most likely the following year, spring or summer, 2020, I would yeah. say. Um, well, there's not a whole lot of um, post-production you have to do on a, a physical action movie like that. No. We may get it late summer. We might. We might. and Because most of the stuff they'd have to do is cleaning up effects and stuff yeah. for the explosions and all that. And a lot of times they edit while they're running anymore. Yeah. That's true. Um, and more Ryan Reynolds news because I couldn't leave it alone. Um, more news about PG Deadpool 2. 
uh, the PG-13. Now, I know on last week's show, Mark did manage to mention mm-hmm. the date that it was coming out, which is December 12th through the 24th, so you get a good couple weeks span of being able to see the PG-13 version of Deadpool. Um, it's officially now called Once Upon a Deadpool. Yes. It, the, the poster for it is out with um, Deadpool and Unicorn with Fred Savage. Uh, and the awesome thing is a dollar of each ticket sold is going to the charity F Cancer. Um, and I'm not going to say it out loud because for PG-13 purposes, they've renamed it Fudge Cancer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it is a charitable event. It's not just the fact that they're coming out to get more money. So but. everybody knows there is, you get one of the other F per PG-13 you're supposed to. That's right. So, and you know they're going to creatively figure There's out a way to do gonna this. going to be one. Where's it going to be is what it's going to be. It'll be at the very, very end or something. Yeah, it'll be like a post credit scene at the very end of everything. Oh, yeah, I forgot to put this in here. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it and that's it. Now, the, the funny thing is um, Ryan Reynolds actually said that Fox has actually been asking for a PG-13 version since the original Deadpool came out. And he said no... But then was starting to kind of change his mind and said on two conditions. First, that a portion had to go to, to charity. And second, that he wanted to kidnap Fred Savage. <laughs> so apparently both these things have happened. And Deadpool kidnaps Fred Savage for this PG-13 version. And the edited down version is not edited down that much because it's only three minutes shorter because yeah. they've added some scenes to it. Well, also, like when we've seen those movies, I, I had mentioned that... Um, if you tone the blood part of it down uh-huh. and the language, the rest, most of the rest of that would drop in PG-13. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of scenes in there that needed to change just a touch. But other than that, there's not... It was just the overtop blood and mm-hmm. um, language that gives it that And, and hopefully R. they're actually, you know, editing it in a way where they don't actually have to redub some of the stuff to take the language out. Because that looks awkward. Yeah. Well, no, the best thing is the Deadpool stuff, you can redub all you want. That's true. With his voice, absolutely. Yeah, that's not a problem. Because <laughs> you don't see anything from the mouth. Yeah. Actually, I kind of hope they um, they purposely blur the mouths when they redub the lines. That would be kind of awesome. That, you know, that's, that would be perfect for a Deadpool movie. Or just or just put like a sensor over the mouth, like an actual image sensor yeah. <laughs> over the mouth. And they use a beep. They don't redub it, they just beep. These beeps for the entire movie. <laughs> Whoa. That'll be a long beep of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be phenomenal, though. <laughs> the kids have no idea what's going now on. Now that you're thinking about it, you're thinking that could actually oh be really God. good. No, because the parents, the kids have no idea what's going on. They didn't see the original, and, and the, the parents, parents would be cracking up, cracking up. No, all the, time. the kids would know exactly what's oh, going yeah, on. Oh yeah, the kids would know. It's yeah, not but, like they would know, but but yeah, the parents would definitely be cracking up. On <laughs> we've seen six-year-olds pretend to be Deadpool. Now we do have. Um, yeah. We've we've said before that we're not getting the Doctor Who Christmas special this year, but we are getting it on New Year's <laughs> Day. BBC did confirm that. Uh, and they've also re- released a synopsis that there's a terrifying evil stirring from across the centuries of Earth's history. Um, as the Doctor, Ryan, Graham, and Yaz return home, will they be able to overcome the threat to planet Earth? And of course, every Christmas episode, or now New Year's Day episode, has a threat to planet Earth. Yeah. Like, don't visit Earth on Christmas is what it comes down to. For well, yeah. Yeah. Reasons. That's true. Um, interestingly, though, BBC has had the Doctor Who special on the 25th of December since 2005. Yes. So this is a kind of a big deal that it's not. Right. And partly they actually said, well, we have a brand new take on the Doctor, and so we wanted to do a little different. Yeah. Because honestly, the production would be done by the 25th. There's no reason right. to not have it on the 25th. Yeah, right. So, um, so now no one's Christmas will be depressing. 
And sure. <laughs> for the reasons of the Doctor Who stuff. Um, yeah, so now New Year's Day will be depressing instead for some reason. Because mm. someone usually dies, and I'm hoping they don't, but someone usually does. Ah, so we'll have yeah, to see. You're right. <laughs> we also have, staying in space for a little bit, um, some Mandalorian casting was announced. Yes. We, now, we, um, we already knew about a week and a half or so ago, we found out that Pedro Pascal is leading Mandalorian, so he's obviously going to be the bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not familiar with him... He's been on Game of Thrones, most famously as the dude who lost the fight to the mountain by getting his eyes gouged out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also been in Kingsman, the sequel, uh, Golden Circle. Yes. He played whiskey. Whiskey. He played whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the one with the the whip. The whip. Yeah. Uh, he was most recently in that. There and uh, he, yeah, he was also in um, uh, Equalizer too. Yes, he was. Oh, there you go. And I think he's in Nar- Narcos. Narcos, yeah, yeah that's, that's on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a couple of TV roles he was in. But they've just announced also that they're adding Deadpool's Gina Carano to the show. Cool. Which is pretty awesome because we know she's great at action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no details on the character she'll be playing at this point. Uh, obviously, since they're you know beginning production, we'll we'll be getting yeah. that soon enough. Um, there's the slight synopsis about it that it's set after the fall of the Empire before the emergence of the First Order we follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the New Republic yeah Mm -hmm. so the good thing is it won't be within the typical Star Wars storyline but you'll know the universe. Yeah, well, you know. with some of the people writing and directing like Dave Filoni is one of the executive producers he's the one that did Clone Wars and um Mm-hmm. And basically, from what it looks like, because if you look behind the scenes at some of the stuff, he, I think they're moving him up to more of a Kevin Feige direction. Yeah. So he'll actually seems be like. control. And since he actually, a lot of people, it seems like <laughs> they went away from the way George Lucas was doing things. And people are like screaming about, get George Lucas back and all this. Well, Dave Filoni is the last guy who actually trained under George Lucas to there do this. Go. So it, you're going to get, it's going to be Star Wars yeah. any way you do it. Um, but and the cool thing is that John Favreau's doing the show. Exactly. So, right. so but great. the way Dave does stuff, you're going to get other things come in here out of out of the Star Wars universe. Also. Oh yeah. You, so I you're going you to get crossovers to. with stuff. You kind of have to. A lot of us are kind of hoping we'll see um, Sabine Wren and Ahsoka. Which, if you saw Rebels at all, they were um, Sabine was the Mandalorian in that crew mm-hmm. of Rebels, and um, the two of them at the end, um, at, at the last episode, they put it right at the end of Return of the Jedi. And the two of them take off to find Ezra, which was the one young Jedi character from there who had um, blasted into unknown space. Well, and the thing is, Mandalorians are all over the place. Yes. So you might get nothing. You might get something. Exactly. For for a first season, you don't want crossover. It's better if it establishes itself for the first season. But there's no guarantee he's actually a Mandalorian. Well, that's true. It's armor. just called the Mandalorian. Yeah. We that's don't the, know anything about it. That's the big thing with Boba Fett. Boba Fett, as far as he, or actually, according to the movies, Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. True. He has Mandalorian armor. Right. He was a clone. Yeah, his father was not a Mandalorian, so he's a that's clone true. of Jango Fett. That's Jango true. Fett was not a Mandalorian. So yeah. tying into this, um, I have info about every original TV show and movie coming to Disney Plus streaming service. Oh, good, because I was so, going to talk about the other one there too. Um, alongside the Mandalorian in the Star Wars universe, there's going to be a Rogue One prequel starring Diego Luna, which was already announced. That'd be cool. Cause that'd um, be, it should be a spy show. Yes, yeah. absolutely, uh, and because we we all know that he got killed in Rogue One, so yeah, he didn't make it past Rogue One. It's got to be a prequel. Um, and then there's also the. Star Wars Clone Wars revival 12 episode season mm-hmm. um, that was announced back at uh, Comic Con and such. 
and featuring, uh, it's expected that it'll feature the Siege of Mandalore, among other yeah. things. Mm -hmm. uh, on the Marvel side, we have Elizabeth Olsen coming in with a Scarlet Witch series, rumored to also be joined by Paul Bettany as Vision. Uh, Tom Hiddleston reprising his role for a Loki series. And a series about Falcon and Winter Soldier starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. So it's the awesome thing is Marvel keeps the same actors regardless where they show up. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see if um, one of them takes on the mantle of Captain America. Will this become a Captain America series? No, no I, don't, just, I don't But they're not so. going to mention it until they show it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it would because they'd want that for the movies. I mean, I don't okay. think they're going to put that on the series. Especially the for, for the role. We, we also have some yeah. uh, classic Disney animation and Pixar happening. An original series is being produced uh, set in the world of Monsters, Inc., Okay. Uh, which is one of the few that we haven't had a, a series no, on. No, I think they did a, short, a one season series when the first movie came out. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, there will also be films based on Sword in the Stone, Peter Pan, and Lady and the Tramp, all of which are likely to be live action, but have has not been confirmed. Okay. And more uh, under the Disney banner. Um, not a lot of details yet, but there's going to be a new series about the Mighty Ducks. Okay. From the original screenwriter Stephen Brill and original producer Jordan Kerner. Good. There's also a High Fidelity series, which was announced a while ago, reimagined from a female character perspective with Zoe Kravitz in the lead. Sweet. There will be a 10 part documentary series about High School Musical. Which that is, it, for Disney. That announcement, I was like, what? For Disney and Disney people's. Um, that's a big deal. <laughs> That's a big deal. I admit, I liked the first High School Musical, but after that, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, there will also be a docu-series called Ink and Paint, which is about the female <laughs> animators who were unsung heroes in Disney's Rise. Um, on the movie front, Disney has announced films based away. on Three Men and a Baby, Don Quixote, Father of the Bride, Flora and Ulysses, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Paper Magician, The Parent Trap, and Magic Camp and Noel. The last two of which are apparently already in post-production. Cool. Um, and there will be a whole kind of vertical element of uh, National Geographic shows shifting over to Disney+, Plus, which is kind of awesome because it goes back to old-school Disney TV shows where they showed a lot of live-action, like, in the Savannah kind of show. Yeah. Like, they, had a mm -hmm. lot, they used to have a lot of yeah. animal shows back in the 60s and 70s. Well, that and um, Disney the movies has the whole session uh, section of... Um, Disney Nature series. Yes. Right. And that National Geographic is perfect for working with, with that. Exactly. If they, they could rebrand this as National Geographic presents Disney's Nature. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. the dude that was running around with the big, big, big grizzly bear. Mm -hmm. And I forget what all. Yeah. So, considering the it's supposed to launch a little later next year, it'll, it'll probably be still a couple months before we find out pricing. Um, but at least we've got a name, we've got some shows, we know what's coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because um, I just show up and take my money. Mm -hmm. And it, along with some animation news, this is something that I just thought was cool and didn't get a lot of play. I found it in one spot. The animation studio behind Wallace and Gromit is now owned by its employees. Oh, nice. Um, the founders of Ardman, uh, which has animated Wallace and Gromit, Shaun the Sheep, Chicken Run, all of those awesome claymation-looking um, British cartoons... Uh, basically have passed on ownership to the studio to its employees to provide both independence and kind of keep it an independent studio in case anyone decides they want to try and buy it. Yeah. Um, they The majority of the company's stock shares will be placed in a trust, um, which will be held on behalf of the employees, and the two founders will continue to serve on an executive board. Um, it's not, this is kind of the first time it's been done this way for such a large studio. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but really if 
say Disney decides they uh, one day they want to buy it, employees will all have to agree to this. Yeah. So it makes it much harder for it to just be swallowed up by someone, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, now, we also have found out that Game of Thrones Season 8 will be premiering in April 2019. Not a surprise. It's kind of what we expected. And considering it uh, typically airs Sunday evenings... Your premiere dates will either be April 7th, 14th, 21st, or 28th. They have not announced exactly when, but there's four Sundays in April, okay? Um, and uh, they're, you know, there's just going to be six episodes. It's the final season, and they're expected to be longer. They're saying they're not going to be as much as two hours. Okay. But the episodes themselves are going to be longer than an hour. Likely the last one might be two hours, but um, that's what we're looking at. And finally, I had uh, some sad news because of the California wildfires, Paramount Ranch has burned to the ground. This has been the location of countless movies and TV shows over the past 90 years, including shows like Dr. Queen Medicine Woman and most recently HBO's Westworld. Um, Wasn't the same place MASH was too? They had a couple scenes for MASH. Yeah, they, like they, it's played kind of like bit roles in a lot of movies across the board. Um, it, the history of it actually dates back to 1927 when Paramount Pictures first bought 2,700 acres to have all this open space to shoot movies. And ultimately, it was taken over by the National Park Service. And one of the awesome things about it was that as a park, as long as there was no filming going on, you could go and explore and hike yeah. and everything. You could see all these sets that were just yeah, permanently and, and there. The cool thing is, yeah, being movie sets... They don't usually tear them down when they leave. Unless they're doing right. something else there, they leave it. I mean, they wanted to be... Really, it, it had, like, um, essentially the old western town was what was built yeah. there. And a few other things. The only things, according to pictures that have come out over the past week or so, the only buildings standing are a fake church and a fake train station. Out of <laughs> everything. Everything else is to the ground. Yeah. Um, and some of the really well-known movies that have been shot there over the years... Um, you had like the mysterious Dr. Fu Manchu in the 20s. You had Sullivan's Travels. Love Bug in 68 was from there. Death Race 2000. Reds in 1981. Van Helsing. The Lake House and American Sniper are our more recent ones. Wow. wow. So, yeah. So uh, hopefully they'd be able to rebuild. But yeah, that is, you know, there are consequences for everyone across yeah. this with the, with the California the, wildfires. The guitar maker that I was yeah, there was... Um, I forget the name she said, but one of the really famous guitar players, um, makers. yeah, guitar makers, and made guitars for everybody, mm-hmm. like ZZ Top, ZZ Top, and, and I think Van Halen, Van Halen, uh, Deep Purple, Old and Back, everything <coughs> leveled. His entire workshop, his entire yeah. workspace, all the history of the stuff that he still had left over from all that, gone. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stars because of where these fires have hit over the past couple of weeks. A lot of stars have lost their homes or part mm-hmm. of their homes, and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that Vicky said that it's weird because she's because of her show she follows the conspiracy theory groups mm-hmm. and stuff. It's strange how there's um, whole neighborhoods where you lose one or two houses that are surrounded by other and nothing touches the rest of the houses. There are some where it's just been like their fence has burned and nothing else. Yeah, it's weird. I seen one where there was the house gone, the car was melted, but the bushes were untouched. Yeah, right next to the car. Yeah, and it, it makes you think once in a while, crazy. like, wait a minute, what's going on here? This is just weird. You just can't. But that's the nature you can't of control wildfire. nature. Yeah, you yeah. can't control it. And Ash hits just in the right spot, and yeah, that's that's the main news I have. Sorry to yeah. stop on a downer, but <laughs> yeah, well, and actually we're gonna go. I don't want to do the next one as a downer because, dude, he, it was no, so, like, is, he brought so much joy. This we're is gonna a celebration. celebrate the yes. life of Stan Lee. That's right, it's a celebration. The man was downer. amazing. Day after Life Day. Yeah, 
Yeah. After, yeah, the day after Life Day, we get to celebrate the life of Stan Lee. Right. So, um, and the, the guy basically revolutionized comics. His did. writing did. Now, he didn't do it single-handedly, obviously. Everybody knows that um, guys like... Um, no, like Kirby. Steve Ditko, Kirby, Jack Ditko. Kirby, a lot of these other guys that were part of Marvel back in the day helped him do a lot of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, um, Stan was an artist and a writer, but he was a creator and mostly co-creator mm-hmm. on lots of things. And if you actually, on everything. If you look him up on Wikipedia, there is a page specifically dedicated to characters created or co-created by Stan Lee. There's more than 300 characters in mm-hmm. that list. And they are names that you will know, whether he did it himself yeah. or with others. Like, and not just Marvel. No, no, he he did them across the board for other for other companies because of just how he was working at the time. <clears throat> but I mean, he started with was it called Timely when he yeah started? he started with Timely back yeah. in the early forties. Timely, and then Timely became um, Atlas. Atlas, and then Atlas became Marvel. Marvel. But he basically he stayed with the same company. Yeah. For lots and lots and lots of years, because mm-hmm. he started as an assistant with Timely, and eventually was like, they asked him, "So you want to write some comics?" <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Okay." And uh, and he actually left at one point. He did serve in the army. He he was a veteran. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, he ended up in the entertainment realm of the army too, because he he was part of the Signal Corps, which was re- re- repairing communications equipment mm-hmm. when he first got in. And then he actually shifted over to the training film division. And he got to write manuals and training films and even cartoons right. for the Army. Cool. So, um... I think his, uh, his, um, his, uh, service designation was playwright. Yeah, his classification was actually playwright. Army right. has a playwright classification. And that's what you get for writing training films, apparently. Nice. Um, and that, that kind of one of the awesome things was that the Army actually did pay tribute to him on Twitter as a former service member. Um, after he passed away, so that was really cool. They even included Excelsior in the, in the tweet and yeah. everything, mm-hmm. so that was really cool. And he had actually, um, returning from service, he actually uh, later was inducted into the Signal Corps Regimental Association and received honorary membership of the 2nd Battalion of 3rd U.S. Infantry out of Joint Base Lewis-McChord as recently as 2017 at the Emerald City Comic Con. Wow. So, yeah. So he, cool. they, it was it was important what he did, um, but he had yeah he had his hand in creating pop culture as we know it today in a sense yeah because it's not just the characters but what he did with Marvel itself because you have to remember at various points he was president and CEO of Marvel he yeah. actually did the business side of things well, also the one thing I pointed out last week when we were sitting down talking about it was um, Stan Lee made a major change. Because um, DC Comics has been DC Comics since the 40s. And when you think of DC Comics, you think of the characters. Right. Stan Lee did something with comic books that, as far as I know, was never not really done and put in the mainstream. Was when you think of Marvel Comics, a lot of times, a lot of people, they think Stan Lee. Yes. Yes. He put a name to the company. An yes. actual physical person he, name. He, he represented because of that, it. Guys yes. like, um, the guys like that started with Image. Did it, all of a sudden, everybody was thinking about, okay, who makes these things? Right. You, that Todd McFarlane and um, Jim Lee and all these other ones that we have as household names for comic writer or comic mm-hmm. geeks now probably wouldn't be as well known name wise if it wasn't for what Stanley did back starting in the sixties. Yeah. Well, and, and it wasn't just that he put his own face on the company for people to recognize as a representative. It was 
he was one of the people who actually wanted to give credit to the creators. Mm -hmm. Right. He's, because prior to what Stan instigated, there were no names on the front page of the comic. No. Or on the first page, even, as mm -hmm. to who was the writer and the artist. Not only that, but the inker and the colorist and the letterer. Like, it was because of Stan Lee that people, artists were finally getting their right. recognition and people were recognizing the names. And they could go out and look for those comics by name of artist yeah. as opposed to just, I like this character. Oh, wait, this doesn't look the same as last time. Right. Not knowing why, because it was yeah. a different artist. Uh, but yeah, he's the one who actually started that, who wanted to make sure people got recognition for the work they did. And uh, he he also was uh, he he also was able to. And I, I talked about this on uh, Mighty Marvel Geeks. He also he humanized characters. Yeah. So in, instead of uh, instead of Peter Parker, you know, being you know mild mannered high school student by day and you know mass vigilante at night, he he was this nerd that no nobody you know he was weird and you know he's already going through that weird teenage thing and now he's got superpowers and then on top of that okay I've lost my uncle now I'm but I feel I I have this drive to go and do the right thing and help people that well his he you know, he created characters that had to deal with life mm -hmm. yeah he didn't just create superheroes who were always saving the world no. It was like they had to deal with daily life. They had to deal with, you know, finding Bills. places to live and paying insurance and and making sure they stayed hidden. Their 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 persona stayed hidden and protected yeah. their families and, and also relationship like, issues. Relationship issues. I think a lot of it. What you more come down to is he made grounded heroes. Yes. In the forties, superheroes, even like Batman and Superman and stuff, that everybody thinks of as these global. World-saving heroes. They were fighting bank robbers and stuff yeah. back and forth. But between then and the early '60s, when Stan made the huge impact on res on yeah wrestling, <laughs> on um, comic books, they had moved away from that a little bit to where it was more global issues, and they were fighting um, these alien invasions and stuff. Right. As Stanley brought it back to the street, yes. yeah, and said these heroes, yeah. There's heroes, and Marvel has multiple versions of, like, the Avengers. They don't fight street crime usually. Right. You need no. global heroes. Yeah, you right. need global heroes, but Mar he brought in guys like Spider-Man when he first started was fighting bank robbers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you need people saving your neighborhood. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you don't save the neighborhood, there's no point saving the world. Why well, I think he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's right. Exactly. Um, interestingly, right before his death, he was he was actually working on a new superhero with his daughter. Yeah. Um, he was... It, it, apparently, he's called Dirt Man. <laughs> don't know where it's going with that, but his daughter, J.C. Lee, uh, she's actually going to move forward with it, and uh, so we'll see something that, that comes out of that eventually. But yeah, so he did co-create a final character before he died. Nice. Yeah, um, after his quote-unquote retirement from Marvel, he moved <laughs> on to a lot of other companies, and not... I think it was mostly working freelance, just whenever he wanted to do something, and he, he, was wants creating, it. he was creating his own companies, too. Yeah, he was, yeah. he he was boom, doing stuff through his own name. Yeah. And, and he Pow. had, like, um, it was, I think it was Pow. It was yeah. Pow, Boom yeah. was Disney-related. Right. It was and Pow. He had Pow. Yeah. Um, but he had that, that TV series where he searched for real-life superheroes. Yeah. Remember that? That was really cool. We met uh, the winner of the first season. Yeah, that's true. Take Down. Take Down. We did meet one yeah. of those guys. It was, it was cool meeting him, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he Stan kind of like you knew. I think just if you read his history in general, you know that he's kind of like he was always the promotion guy. Yeah. Like and and that's one of the reasons he actually stepped down 
as CEO for Marvel because he didn't like the business side. Yeah. No. He wanted to be with people. He wanted to create things. Mm-hmm. And the business side did not let him do that. Yeah. So he, it's not that he did a bad job. It's that he didn't want well, the job. Which is why a lot of companies like DC and Marvel now run them as separate. If you look, mm-hmm. DC Comics has a business side. There is a yeah. president of the company that's in charge of everything. But when you think of DC Comics now, if you know anything behind mm-hmm. I, I talk DC because I know more DC better than Marvel, but right. you got the publishers, Dan, Dan Tadio and Jim mm-hmm. Lee. They control all the comic books, but they don't have to worry about um, how many dollars are going to here, how many dollars are going to there. Right. Right. They just worry about creating content. Well, I mean, right. yeah, you look at you look at Marvel with Joe Quesada. Marvel Quesada's has the same thing. Yeah. Joe Quesada is still working on the comics, mm-hmm. m- most recently Marvel Knights even. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so he's, and he's very into it, and he... He knows about the promotion of it. He knows yeah. that side yeah. of it partly because he learned it from Which Stan Lee. That is, that is the, <laughs> the publisher's job. But I mean, like you said, when Stan retired, he didn't retire from life. He no. he didn't retire from comics at all. He just no. stepped away from Marvel he for a minute. Yeah, he and didn't he have a times. his permanent job anymore <laughs> at Marvel. He worked for other companies, but he also just always promoted comics and superheroes and characters and just I mean like and it didn't even necessarily have to be Marvel sometimes he went beyond that but it was just a matter of promoting Mm -hmm. the creativity and the enjoyment of it and having a good time with all these Mm -hmm. characters that are out there like you said it's not just the comics they was promoting because the first time I remember Mm -hmm. even hearing the name Stan Lee was the early 80s cartoons. Spider-Man and his amazing friends yep. was narrated by Stan Lee yes, every it week. Right. It's, if I remember right, The Incredible Hulk was also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much if there was a Marvel property. You never uh, saw his Stan... face, but you had him talking about it. And then it. later, in the past decade or so, oh, yeah, he's you, have everywhere. Seen, you have seen even cartoons. You have seen his face. He's shown mm-hmm. up um, both on, on TV and, of course, in the movies. I mean, this is, well, this is probably why... People know mm-hmm. Stan Lee more than they even know Marvel. Yeah, is because of him doing cameos across the board. Well, he even in the he even had a cameo movies. in um, Big Hero Six. He did. Right. Yeah, yeah, he was the dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a super and he was he was the, uh, the yeah. he was also he was the mayor of uh, Heroville in uh, was a superhero squad. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he has showed up on all sorts of places, and and the, the good news is he does have a couple more cameos to come, which it's yes. going to be hard to watch those knowing he's not around. But I think it's going to be harder to watch the first movie that doesn't have a cameo in it. Well, well, he has is, a, if, the, if they do it right, he will have cameos in every movie from here on. But they'll have to do it more of the Netflix style, where he's you got a picture yeah, of him or mention of him thing. or something right. like that. Right, right. I, I really he should don't, still be in every. I Marvel. don't want them to do CGI. At no, all. I, I really don't. Um, and, like, we know for sure he has a cameo in um, the new Wreck-It Ralph movie. Yep. Um, and, obviously, in Captain Marvel, and he did already film his Avengers 4 one. Cool. Um, they, there's rumors, and these are rumors even from Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. um, that there are others. Yes. But... As to whether those show up on TV or in cartoons, or whether he actually filmed mm-hmm. some four other movies, we well, don't know. I guarantee cartoons because oh yeah, they film yeah. or they do the audio recording so far ahead of where yeah. they're actually yeah. Doing so the we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so there are still some to come. So there are things to look forward to there, which I, is awesome. I do. I hope that they uh, not. I, I hope that they would compile his uh, stand his uh, entries from Stan Soapbox. There were mm-hmm. uh, all, all the Marvel comics. Uh, no, you can find a lot of those online already. There's there's yeah. images of, of a lot of the Stan soapbox and yeah. a lot of the letters pages. Uh, and that was that was one of the other things he did. Yeah. Having Stan soapbox and um, and the initiating 
the bulletin and initiating the um, Mary Marvel Marching Society. Yep. He he brought fans into the world. Mm-hmm. He brought fans into the business and talked directly to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas you never really got that before. You didn't have no. an editor coming to you and saying, "Hey, what do you think of?" What do you think of these comics? This is yeah. what we're writing, and this is why we're writing it for you. Right. And we want to know what you think. And, yeah, there, I mean, there, there were letter were, columns before there that. There were always letter columns. They really didn't put a personality into letter no, columns. No, exactly. And that again, that, that came out with Stan. I mean, his, right. his image ultimately was even in some of the letters columns yes. and, and the soapbox it was. articles and stuff. And there are quotes that he, that he things that he wrote that are still used today. Mm-hmm. There are some massive quotes from him. That are pretty awesome, and but yeah, he he put a face on it, and he changed pop culture because of what he did, not just with Marvel, but just the comics industry in Mm -hmm. general. Because he, even though it was already kind of established, he turned the way comics were written into the Marvel method. Yeah, um, with the whole brainstorming and creating scripts and doing all that kind of thing. That was. That was really the beginning of the Marvel method, and um, and it, and it was a lot of what wasn't done in comics mm-hmm. or wasn't known to be done in comics. So there was there was definitely a lot that that he contributed. And, I did look and, it up, and actually, the modern Marvel movies is not the only Marvel movie cameos. No. He was actually in the Trial of the Incredible Hulk as yeah. one of the one of the judges. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But back then, he was not uh, um, he was not a well known face. Oh hush. Okay. <laughs> Red is Red is actually here, our uh, favorite barbecue guy from Connell the Cobb, and Cassie just recognized him. <laughs> <laughs> She's mad because there's coming no to barbecue. Check out the show? <laughs> or jump, come to check out the outpost? Yeah. Cool. He he was also in uh gosh, what was, was that? Mall rats. Yes. Yes, he did yeah. show up in Mall Rats. Well the thing is, in Mall Rats, there was a reason for him to show up, aside from the fact yeah. that See Kevin later, Smith Rip. was an entire fanboy and right. just really wanted Stanley right. in a movie. Right. Um, it was an actual <laughs> an actual signing appearance for the geeks in the movie yes. to show up at the comic <laughs> shop. Yeah. So it was the best excuse ever to have Stanley. Well the best in the thing movie. was um, it wasn't just he had a cameo just so you saw he was there. Smith actually wrote him the, the whole yeah. movie pivots on what Stanley tells That's the, true. Okay, that is very tells true. Brody. If Stanley doesn't talk to Brody there, the whole movie goes in a different direction. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's important. <laughs> so yeah, Stan is um, was great and all that. I mean, if there's a Marvel character, you, especially a Marvel comic character you could think of, he had it he was involved in it somehow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Even I mean, if it was just greenlighting it to go. My um my favorite Marvel character is She Hulk. And he was co-creator of her. Right. Um, and, I mean, he... <laughs> just, like, look, just look up two or three of your favorite characters from Marvel. I will guarantee he was at least co-creator mm-hmm. on one of them. Yeah. Um, not Maybe not the modern ones. Some of the modern ones he, he not ne- isn't necessarily. But, you know, he didn't do Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, but he still showed up in the Deadpool movies. Right. <laughs> which was awesome. This is funny. I'm looking through IMDb just to see where his cameos yeah. have been. There was a movie in 1990 called The Ambulance. That Stanley played Marvel Comics editor. There you go. He now that one took some difficult a- sh- acting. Shows up to play himself. <laughs> Why not? Um, and one of the cool things, actually, not surprisingly, because I know if you've paid attention over the past week on Twitter, sometimes on Facebook, there's been a lot of tributes to Stan um, from all realms. Um, uh, kind of everyone. Like I said, I mentioned the even the army. They there was the the original six Avengers put a full-page ad in The Hollywood Reporter 
um, thanking him. And a whole bunch of, actually, there was a whole issue of The Hollywood Reporter last week that had a whole bunch of full-page ads from various um, yeah. people and organizations. And Marvel itself is going to be honoring Stan with um, special covers throughout December and January. Mm -hmm. They're going to be a special trade dress on several titles starting December 19th through January 9th. They haven't released the actual art that'll appear on the titles, uh, standard covers, but have has released the titles. And basically you're looking at every single new release that's coming out is going to have... Now when they say trade dress, it doesn't mean they're necessarily changing the art of the cover itself, but putting some kind of tribute perhaps in the corner. A banner or um, something. Yeah, that Actually, sort of thing. Actually, it would be kind of sweet. I don't know if they're going to do it, but um, growing up, I remember Marvel Comics had Spider-Man in the corner. Just a yeah. little... Pig Square of Spider-Man. That's true. Mm -hmm. And dude, do that for two months and just put that little white square back in the corner and have Stan's face there. Yep. They, they. I mean, like I said, they haven't released it yet. They haven't said what, but it's only a couple weeks away for when they release these books, so it'll be coming soon. But yeah, anything you buy, like in Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain America, Exiles, Iceman, um, Killmonger, Runaways, X-Force, Thor, like all of them, they're all going to have something on it, which is really cool. Good. Yeah, that's one thing. Marvel, um, even though Stan stepped down officially from the company, I think he always had a standing position in the company of some sort. Yes. It was one of those that they knew where they came from. They, they, they never stepped away from They it. never let each other go. Exactly. <laughs> and that was I a would, good I thing. would not be surprised if he always had an office at I, the offices somewhere. I, oh, yeah. I, think, I think he, he is considered chair, Chairman Emeritus. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so he's always... He, I mean, really, like you said, when you think Marvel, you think Sam. Mm -hmm. You can't not. Yeah. Because of how well, much he was out there representing the company and the characters and, and just his love for all of it. And I think Stan, you were talking about promotion, Stan always had a little bit of Carney or Wrestler in him. Oh, yes. Because coming up with stuff like Excelsior and talking about true believers and the way he did his stuff, it's like, dude, he had learned from the Carneys and the pro wrestlers from forever yeah. about how to do this. And it right. worked. Yeah. People that remembered these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he definitely learned early on how to promote in general and how to promote himself. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what it came down to. P.T. Barnum would have been proud. I, absolutely. And, and speaking of wrestlers... I know even that today there are wrestlers who have been doing a lot of Marvel costumes over the oh, last yeah. year or two. So, yeah. you know, even they get to thank Stan for this. There's yeah. um, more and more, because of people being able to see the wrestlers behind the scenes of who, mm -hmm. their character, are seeing that wrestlers are geeks, most yeah. of them. Guys like Stan Punk, um, he talks about he had 10 to 15 books sitting on top of his carry-on bag anytime he goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to catch up and on Stan comics. And Stan Punk is a Marvel writer at yeah. this point. So... <laughs> But so I mean, like, like <laughs> all the characters they do, everyone knows that wrestling is entertainment now. Yes. And they're embracing it. always was. That. They just, yeah. now they're embracing it. They're embracing it. <laughs> it now and coming out with, you know, character outfits and such and, mm -hmm. and admitting that they're, they're geeks and comic geeks and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So it, it hits every realm. And there's a lot of stuff that was that, that Stanley did during his tenure at Marvel that goes beyond comics and just goes into, you know, publishing in general and movies in general. And, and there's just a lot. To appreciate him yeah. more. There is one negative thing I gotta just address because I want to make a public statement that Bill, Bill Maurer, you can stick your opinion right where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so not. That's what we're gonna mention on that one. If you if you wanna find out about that, you can look it up yourself. And yeah. actually, but I wanted to make a public, opinion, public statement about that. Don't look up his statement, look up the responses from the yeah. comic industry yes. and authors, especially Neil Neil Gaiman came up with a great response. Yeah. Yes, he did. Well, that, look it, up those things. Uh -huh. Look at people that are not. 
comic book realm people that are responding to this. Especially considering Bill Maher had a, a small cameo in a movie uh-huh. from Marvel. So oh. he really needs to shut the hell up. <laughs> so yeah. I, 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 like I said, I wanted to make an fine. official Geekwatch One statement about that. Yes. <laughs> I, Definitely I, don't agree with it. I would love to use my shield connections for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the shield is not supposed to be doing the wet work. Says who? <laughs> no, no, no. Shield doesn't do the wet work publicly. Yeah. <laughs> well, there and, are and people. Would you know, and Stan, Stan, you created hey, Shield. And... We have we have enough mutants out there. Make things happen. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna Why? say. Why? Stick them on the dog on them. That's yeah. right. That's right. So, um, yeah. what else we want to? We got a little bit of time if you want. To, we can anything else? Or memories we got to. Because, um... Well, okay, Stan Stan Lee really was what you saw. Like, we... Yeah, he didn't hide much, it didn't seem like. We saw him at Dragon Con a few years ago. We, this is the only person we have ever stood in line for a couple of hours (laughs) to see. And it was a long line already when we got in line. Um, and we, it was in the massive room, massive ballroom at the Marriott, and we stood in line for a couple hours to wait to see him, and he was... So much fun. It was just him and a moderator. There was no topic no. in general. It was just Stan Lee talking. Mm-hmm. And people could get up and ask him questions. And he was just, like, so happy to be there. Yeah. And so happy to talk to the fans. That was just him. Mm-hmm. And and you see that in, like, everything he does, whether it's, you know, a, a recorded sort of thing or you see him in interviews. He's just always so happy to be talking about not even just his influence, but just comics in general and pop culture in general and just creativity yeah. in general. He's, well, he was always really happy to talk about that. He was one of the few, if I remember hearing some other stories and stuff, that one of the few comic creators that um, was one of the first ones to actually be proud of being a comic creator. Yes. 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 Because um, before that, a lot of guys, even the ones, the big names, like uh, um, Siegel and Schuster or... Um, with Bob Kane or some of the other huge names from the 40s and 50s and 30s, they kind of like, um, well, we write this stuff, and there's these comics off to the side, but we write all this other stuff. Right. Yeah, the, comics was looked down on really the, bad. The funny pages. Yeah, they were like, your funny books. No one books. wanted to, to look Stan at funny pages. Stan wore it on his sleeve and said, you know what? I write comic books. That's what I do. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and I mean that was that was the whole that was the whole thing about him. He, I actually had. Um, this past week on our Comics Cosmos blog, I posted a thing about Stanley, and I found that quote where he actually talked about being in comics. And he said, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That's that's truly mm-hmm. what he believed. It wasn't just comic books. After no, that. no. I mean, in his books, he he also he he educated. Mm-hmm. You know, I like in, in uh, my blog, I talked about how growing up in the South, I would hear adults say, "Well, you don't associate with those kinds of people because you 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 can't trust them." Blah blah blah. But you know. Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson were best friends fighting crime. Luke Cage and Luke Cage and Danny Rand were best friends fighting crime, and Danny Rand's girlfriend was a black female. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I got a different message. I, and then you yeah. had the X Men, which were specifically created to show that everyone deserves to be treated equally yes. and yes. accepted. Yes, 
And you know, I I, I learned a lot. Hey, I I, I shudder to think had I not had I not opened the comic book and only listened to or paid attention to what I observed, how different I would be. Mm-hmm. Well, just think you how know? different the world would be because um, we know that a lot a lot of um, the decision makers and uh, policy makers and the people who basically run the world today grew up reading comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine what it would be like if they weren't taught the lessons that were taught through comic books right. when they were kids, right? And what it would be like now. And and really, if you think about it, something like comic books, where where it appeals to kids and kids want to read them, as mm-hmm. opposed to whatever they're studying in school. Like, right. yes, they're going to retain a lot of what they study in school, I still but do, they're yeah. really going to feel for what happens in those mm-hmm. comics to the characters they love mm-hmm. and, and the stories they learn in those. Right, and a, a, a large majority of letters uh, in uh, in the section when they were printing those letters came from military men. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I because was, comics were easy to take with you. Com- they you, were. Know, you could stick them in your pocket or yes. people could mail them to you and they were cheap. That yeah. and the unknown thing a lot of times was um, for years... A lot of the bigger and now a lot of the lesser comic book companies send comics overseas yep. to soldiers for free. Right. They ship them out. Yep. They ship them out. And they, it's like, dude, here. Gives, and it gives them something to do that they can take mm-hmm. with them anywhere. You can stuff that in a bag anywhere and take and, it with you. And the, the stories they told, they even now we know that they're not stories for kids all the time. No, no. You know, there are kid comics and there are more adult comics. And the stories were important enough mm-hmm. To the soldiers and, you know, on their level for them to actually feel a connection and, mm-hmm. and get something out of them. That and um, you're teaching life lessons, but it is it is also still so partially fantasy fluff. So it's mm-hmm. not, it takes them out of the real world and what yes. type of stuff they're dealing with. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. comics, good comics have a good balance of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's like I, I went back, I go back and I, as I read some of the older books that I used to read as a kid and. Yeah, so as a kid, I got one experience from it. As I got older, I was like, how did I miss? You know, <laughs> and what it is, is you I didn't miss it as a kid. No. But a different part of your brain yeah. picked it up. So it you didn't was, actively know it, but you were still learning the lessons. It wasn't, exactly. it wasn't as there for you. Yeah, they weren't no. hitting you in the head with it. Yeah. It wasn't and, Sesame and Street. That, and that was the thing. These, are, these were characters and stories that, like you said, they were grounded in the real world in some form of reality, but were fantastical enough to take you out of whatever you were dealing with. Yes, yeah. And that was the important part. No, I I rather you know I may be in this situation. I I'm away from home or whatever, but I can focus on whether or not Pete is going to get the date with Mary Jane. <laughs> exactly. And uh, oh crap! No, Jay Jonah is like busting his chops again. You know, <laughs> you know that that's the kind of stuff. Like, all right, it's sort of like reason why people kind of get into soap operas. You know, there's mm-hmm. an escape and. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. I look forward to uh, well when I was a kid. You know, my mom got me. I, I had a subscription to Spider Man at one point and Fantastic Four, and I think oh about. And I looked forward to reading those books. Well, you know, the you thing know? is, early on when when Stan was with Timely and such, he was writing some of those romance comics. Like yeah. before you really had the oh, superhero yeah. comics, he was writing those stories. Mm. All of well, your superhero guys were writing romance. <laughs> yeah. They were writing westerns. Exactly. They were writing all of them. Those were the comics that were actually selling when people didn't know superheroes. In the late forties and through the fifties, romance was one of the largest yes. genres of comics. Superheroes like second or third. Yep. Romance and western were on top. Yep. And well, the comedy comics. 
We're looking at you, Patsy Walker. So, yeah, the funny thing is, if you look at how big romance comics were, and now, like, modern day people are like, well, girls don't read comics. <laughs> what? Screw you. Who was we're reading all romance ones. <laughs> look at the I mean, manga now. It's yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, uh, Patsy, Patsy Walker, who is now Hellcat, Mm-hmm. She grew out of uh, was it at was it the Atlas book? I think it was an Atlas book. It was yeah. a, it, it was an Atlas, an Atlas romance romance book. book, and then she got brought over. She to ultimately Marvel became Universe. a superhero, uh-huh. and now she's uh, she's part of. Uh, I guess I still consider MCU the uh, Netflix mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, you know? well, it's like um, people that, when they think of comics, we were saying they think superheroes, but you have Patsy Walker comes out of romance book. Jonah Hex came out of All Star Western. Mm-hmm. It was a Western, uh, and yeah. I think he was done in the seventies. But it was a book that started way back in the fifties. Yeah. Right? Sci-fi books. Uh, most of our cosmic universe for DC, Marvel, and all the rest came out of straight science fiction books. Yeah. And Either I mean, the idea or the character themselves yeah. shows up again. I mean, uh, Nick Fury was initially a World War. II. Okay, even though mm-hmm. it was done in the sixties, it was a World War Two book. And, yeah, then he he got, and then he got he got spun that's off. That's how you got the Shield. Howling Commandos, and yeah. that's why mm-hmm. in the first Captain America movie, it's, yeah. it's in the you war. You get the Howling Commandos, you get the Sergeant Rock, and all these mm-hmm. other ones, yeah. G.I. Combat, all the war books. Mm-hmm. The whole gamut of what you see in movies now, from every type of genre, there's been books of that style. Look them yeah. up. And a lot of them, a lot of the indie companies are still making some of these type mm-hmm. of books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are. DC doesn't have it right now, but I think um, they were considering putting out a new Sergeant Rock. Because they don't have any war books right now. No. Well, the thing is, a lot of the independent comic companies or the smaller ones, yeah, um, things like Valiant and that kind of thing, they tend to focus a little less on superheroes because they know... There's a huge market out there that they're trying they, to be a, they'd be a little yeah, fish they, in a big pond. They, they know that everyone loves all these other big-name superheroes, and it's hard to get another one to come up popular mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they the focus on more... The last one actually hit hard, I think, that was not DC and Marvel would have been Image, and they're still struggling on what the couple that they have left. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got you've got Bloodshot coming from Valiant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, right. that's a big one that's on its way. But even then, they know that they have to focus on the more real-world stories to, and, and really good writing to get yeah. their audience, which is what they do. They're or known for... Go. Image and Valiant are known yeah. for the writing of, of the more real-world or sci-fi-ish kind of story. Or you go the other way and spend some cash and go the IDW route and license everything that's out there from the <laughs> 80s true. and stuff yeah. and continue the stories from your 80s cartoons. If you yeah, happen but, to have the money. But, but even then, but even then they, had re- good stories. They, they had to reimagine some of that stuff because yeah. like Mask uh, it, Mask got uh, was made more real world and they mm-hmm. even uh, mm-hmm. tied it into G.I. Joe. Well that G.I. Right. Joe Transformers like, oh, you had to update yeah. them all. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean even stuff like uh, doesn't IDW still run My Little Pony? Yep. yep. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. They really so do. I think, it, what, what is it? it image. Wrong. Or not and Image. Um, IDW. And Boom Studios a little bit, because I think Boom Studios still has the Simpsons universe. Boom Studios does and Dynamite. More, a little more kid-related stuff. Yeah, oh, the, they, they have Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Dynamite has your um, your classic pulp ones, the, yeah. the Shadows, Zorro, yep. and all Bond. these guys. Bond. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, the... The licensing front that are being brought to comics is still going strong, also. Mm-hmm. So it's just in yeah. general, comics is good. It's not what it was in the '90s, but in the '90s it was a boom of people thinking, "I can sell this later." Yes, You're right. Yeah. Which kind of flattened out everything. Yeah. Like I don't like quite honestly, comic collecting is not really a thing now because yeah. 
there are just simply thousands and thousands of issues, mm-hmm. even of variant covers. People think they're all that special, but they're really not. There's a yeah. lot of variant covers, a lot of copies of, of like one particular variant cover. If you like the cover, get that cover. That's what I say about right, it. Yes. When, when we go to the comic shop every Wednesday, if there's different covers... For what we get in our pull box, I'll just compare them and go. Okay, I like this cover. I'm taking this. That's one. yeah. I, don't, I usually get whatever the standard cover is, but because um, I don't buy it for the cover. Yeah. Now, if there's something that's a one uh, one different cover and it's something that's really awesome, that might be, that's different. Right. But I'm not a collector. Like Kylan likes the the um, action figure covers. Yeah, I do. They do those. I have a couple of those. But I got those. I'm, I'm a sucker. I like certain artwork. Like American Gods had, I think it was David Mack was doing mm-hmm. watercolor style mm-hmm. covers. Yeah. I just liked the artwork, so I just kept getting those. That, yeah, I gotta look up um, the artist for the. Um, I don't know if you saw the cover of that uh, the foil cover for Supergirl in October. Mm-mm. It it had a manga feel to it. Okay, and it was cute without stepping over the line. It was like the greatest cover I've seen. And being foil cover, the eyes were blue, and it was a piercing blue that popped out nice. because of the foils. It was beautiful. Nice. Probably one of my favorite covers I've ever seen. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's like... Is that the one you keep showing everybody? Yeah, because it, it's that good. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was bad. Yeah. Look! Now, we're we way off of Stanley, but... Um, the bottom but line comes down to... what he yeah. did for comics, because, I mean, a lot of this stuff is... Around because of him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We comics. I would venture to say or would not look like what they do now if it wasn't for Stanley. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't. Well, they needed a shift. We wouldn't have mm-hmm. Marvel as a company if yeah. it wasn't for Stanley. Regardless of him being creator slash co-creator of the characters themselves, just what he did to get things out there mm-hmm. and what he started along mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. that made a huge difference. Exactly. And, and it. it made Marvel into the massive company to be able to compete with DC. Right. Yeah. So what did you have? I was going to say, he just inspired many generations. He yeah. really did. He really yeah. did. So, and with and that... We'll continue to. Yeah. yeah. And with that, I think it's a good place to wrap this up. Do it we have is. anything else before we hit goodbye? No, I'm done. No. My voice is gone. <laughs> and Cassie passed out. <laughs> exactly. So, Geeksters, um, what, give us your memories of Stan Lee. We'll put them up on our Facebook page or um, and tweet them out. Send them to us. You can find us www.geekwatch.com. Geekwatch1. Geekwatch1.com. <laughs> and it's the the word one, not the letter. I don't, every once in a while I wonder if people are trying to find us and put the number in there. But. Um, that that's not safe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you just put Geek Watch in the number one, you get a lot of watches, probably. You do. You will, you will yes. You will. So, a lot of Geek Watches out there. We'll start that over. www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media, you can find us at Geek Watch One. If you put Geek Watch One into the search bar and don't find us, let us know and Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. You know I will. Also, you can email us to let her know this at geekwatch1 at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Tangibound and Weebie Geeks networks at tangiboundnetwork.com and weebiegeekspc.com. And so, um, from the Apple Outpost, for Dawn and Kylan and Vicky and myself, and Cassie, and Cassie who's over here starting to snore, <laughs> just remember no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs>